What's up, family? We're going to try this mastering love and life thing once again. Man, I got some new, I got some new fire. I got some new fire. When I say new fire, I mean, I, I got some new, I have some new, um, fire. Why can't I think of the word that actually goes there? What is it called? Um, I got some new fire. I got some new fuel. No, what is the, that is crazy. <laughs> I'm pulling a blank. I, and I, and it's, it's morning time, so I'm not sleepy. Right. It ain't like at night when I take my medicine. I'm, I'm not that. But what's the word? I got some new fire motivation. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> That's the word I was thinking of. I got some new motivation. But it seemed like there's still another word other than motivation. Fire. I got some new fire. I got some new motivation. I got some new um, whatever. Anyway, uh, let's go with motivation. New motivation. Uh newly motivated let me not say new motivation as if something happened and then that motivated me i just feel you know motivated but it feels like a fire anyway so here's what i want to talk about today well a little bit i got a couple of things that's um that's on my mind but man check this out so last night i was reading was it last night yeah last night i was reading the book of hosea I don't know. I just, I just say, you know what? Let me just, I don't know if I've ever really read Hosea. Let me read Hosea. I know the story of Hosea, you know, and him having to being him being married to Gomer, the prostitute. Right. So before I read it last night, I was, I was actually unclear whether, uh, like if, if the story of Hosea and Gomer was, was, was like a, like a parable or a story or if it if it actually happened right like if it was a vision that god gave him or if it actually happened it actually happened um which is crazy you know i was thinking as i'm reading it i'm thinking man that that sucks <laughs> you know for god to tell you to go marry a prostitute but at the same time it, it it does speak to the fact that he did it it speaks to i believe hosea's dedication and the call that he recognized on his life being that, Hey, this, this is not my life is your life. If that's what you want me to do, then I'll do it. So anyway, something fascinating stuck out to me. I'm so glad I read this because, um, well, I say I'm so glad, but at the same, well, let me just read it. I'm not going to read it, but I'm gonna just talk about it. So, so the book starts off talking about, you know, God telling Hosea to marry a prostitute and this, this this relationship with this prostitute is a representative a, a representative of it represents God's relationship with Israel because Israel was continuing to prostitute themselves with other gods or whatever right so i'm like man it sucks that that hosea got to marry someone just to send this message and i'm going to go back and read more and do you know really get into it and study it so i didn't study it last night i was just reading but here's how it goes. So in the first chapter, he's talk, he tells, you know, Hosea what to do. And then he's talking about basically, you know, he, he, 
he tells Israel or, you know, tells Hosea, you know, I'm not Israel's husband anymore. My wife has cheated on me like she's prostituting herself with all these other gods. You know, basically, God says, you know, the blessings I give my wife, she go give to other to to Baal. Right. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically I'm turning my back on you. I'm not your husband anymore. You know, take care of yourself. Goodbye, good riddance. Right. That's just kind of how God is dealing with the children of Israel. According to Hosea, that's his attitude towards his wife in like the first chapter and part of the second chapter. But then. Hold on, let me let me go. Let me go to chapter two. Here's here's. Here's what uh, let me read a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit. This cuz this is interesting. Okay, so so this is chapter 2 verse 2. And he's talking about uh, so he's calling Israel his his wife, right? So he says, uh, but now bring charges against Israel, your mother. For she is no longer my wife, and I am no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitute's makeup from her face and the clothing that exposes her breasts. Now the her he's talking about is Israel. Okay. Otherwise, I will strip her as naked as she was on the day she was born. This is God talking about Israel. I will leave her to die of thirst as in dry and barren wilderness. And I will not love her children for they were conceived in prostitution. Their mother, Israel, their mother is is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. And he goes on to talk about all that. Oh, it says, um, she said, I'll run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool and linen, for olive oil and drinks. For this reason, I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall and make her lose all her way. And then he goes on, right? But I, so I didn't pick up on this last night. But basically, he's saying Israel is cheating on me with other men, other gods, right? Other men. And all she's getting out of it is basic stuff, like basic necessity stuff that I already give you. Food, water, clothes, drinks. I'm like, man, God is mad at Israel. So much so he made his prophet marry a prostitute. But then I kept reading. This rocked my world. You get down to verse 14 in the same chapter two. Here's what it says. This is God speaking. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead, I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I fed her from the, when I freed her from the captivity of Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me husband instead of my master. You will call me my husband instead of my master. Oh, Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips and you will never mention them again. On that day, I will make a covenant 
with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so that they may not harm you. Okay, and then he goes on. So here's the thing that 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 kind of blew me. So I know for a fact, me personally, I would not I do not I do not understand the love of God. I cannot grasp the depth of it. That's what I'm saying. So I know that I, I would never be able to understand it in real life. This verse, this, this, this text helps me to understand I'll never understand God's love. Why? Because I can't even understand it in written form. Listen, the cross was enough. I remember when I went um, back in the day when 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 the um, Passion of the Christ came out, right? When the Passion of the Christ came out, I went to see it at the movies, and I remember sitting in the theater, and I was just so uncomfortable because I just kept thinking, you know, man, why would God do that? Like, why would He do that for me? And it was just so overwhelming. Like, man, that's how much He loves me. It was it was overwhelming. So the cross is an example of God's love. It's, I, I believe it is the deepest example of God's love, right? But this story in Hosea, it just, it paints a more vivid picture for me. And here's why it makes me uncomfortable. Number one, it blows my mind that like, think about it, think about it. The supreme being of the entire universe who is perfect and holy needs no one or no thing would allow his creation, which he calls his bride to prostitute herself. And then he take her back, not only take her back, but bless her. Like, and this is after, look, this is after the 40 years in the wilderness. This is after they're in the promised land. Bro, that's, that's, that, that is, that is crazy. That is crazy to me. So, but, but, but here's the thing. In reading that, it, it immediately makes me wonder, well, Lord, as a husband, is that supposed to be the depth of my love or is that reserved for you? Because, I mean, like you got all power, all all all, all science, you're omniscient, right? Um, it, it, you're perfect, you're holy. Am I, as a husband, supposed to have that kind of grace and patience and forgiveness? I believe the answer is yes, but I don't want it to be. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I, I don't... Bruh, like that's so here's what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other the way that I've loved you. If we if we backtrack to the Old Testament, and here is God saying, Israel is my bride, I'm the husband. If we're going to love like God, like Am I, man, that's, 
That's tough. Like, do you hear me? Are y'all? And watch this. So, so, so even though the husband is, you know, a male figure and God relates, you know, connects himself with the husband. I believe that this kind of love and grace and forgiveness is supposed to be evident in the believer's life, not just men. Right. I do believe, you know, that men should love their wives this way. I say that reluctantly. I only say that because it's written. Trust me, I don't want it to be true. Because it just sounds like abuse. Man, listen. That sounds like abuse to me. But like Jesus said in chapter 13, if I could serve you and I'm perfect, then you ought to be able to serve each other. And the fact that the God of the universe would say, I know what you've done. You deserted me. But I'm still going to come after. Man, that's crazy. I Listen, I don't understand how people say, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't understand how people say, I don't want God. What? Yeah, that's that's the love of God is, I believe, for the human being, ununderstandable. I don't think we can fully comprehend it. It don't make any sense because because if I just look at my life and how I've lived, knowing what I know about me, God's grace is amazing. And his love is everlasting. However, when I read it disconnected from me, like I read it in the book of Hosea, it just hits me different. And so I just thought that that was fascinating. And I wanted to share it because maybe somebody else, you know, is questioning and wondering if they're loved by God. Maybe you're wondering if you've done too much to be, you know, maybe you're wondering, you know, am I lost? Is it too late? Have I gone too far? And I'm here to tell you that I believe if you still have a desire to come to God, then he's still calling you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many divorces you've had, right? No matter how many sins you've committed. Now, God don't want you to stay the same way, but I'm talking about just coming to him. Man, that's good. And 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 the reality is, if if like the people that I see on a regular basis, if they would embrace the love of God, their lives would turn around because embracing the love of God does one, one thing for sure. It affects your identity. And what I see is at the root of most of our issues is identity issues because we don't know who we are. We think that we are who we've become, right? You think you are who your childhood told you, told you that you were. You think that, you know, uh, you are who your mama said you was or, or your dad. Or your, or, your, or your environment. But you are who God says you are. And that kind of leads me to the second thing I wanted to talk about really was, which is um, fear. Like, people don't understand the danger and destruction of fear. Right? They really don't understand that fear costs a lot. People don't understand how much fear costs. Uh, I, I could just talk about my own life. Fear has cost me tell you some things fear has cost me fear has cost me um if i if 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 i'm talking about uh like today where i am today 
And all this is just like, you know, fantasy, what I'm saying, right? Because the reality is life has already happened and we can't go back. And if I did go back and change something, that does, that's no guarantee that um, this would be different. But I can look back and say these actions or these things were because of fear. So uh, fear cost me wealth. If it were not for fear, I have no doubt in my mind um, that I'd be fur way further along on the wealth journey than I am now. Uh, fear has cost me love, obviously. Fear has cost me close relationship with my children. And these are things that fear has cost me. And some of these I'm trying to change so that fear don't keep costing me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, amen went right there. Fear, fear has cost me um, job opportunities, right? Fear has cost me sleep. Fear has cost me education, right? Fear has cost me um, anxiety. It has cost me tears. And most of the, 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 the fear has cost me the most valuable, the most valuable thing we humans possess on earth, which is time. Fear has cost me a ton of time that I can't get back. And when I say fear, like I said in my video the other day, when I say fear, don't think of somebody, you know, sitting in the corner shaking and afraid. That's not that's not the fear I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of fear that shows up as an alpha man. I'm talking I'm talking about the kind of fear that shows up as people pleasing or the kind of fear that shows up as trying to be perfect. Right. All of those people. I'm talking about the kind of fear that shows up in narcissism. Like if you're a narcissist, you're walking in fear. You're living in fear. And. I want people to get a clue. A vow, a vow, a something like understand how dangerous fear is, because if you live in fear, what you can't do is live in love. They're opposites. You can't walk in fear and love at the same time. Because fear is the big brother of pride. Like they, they run together. And so anytime fear shows up, it brings pride with it. Pride also opposite of love. They can't exist at the same place, in the same place at the same time. So the thing I want to encourage you to do is to... Um, Learn to love and get out of fear. Uh, John says, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment, right? And like, if, if you are still afraid, if you're still walking in fear, that means you have not allowed the perfect love of God to consume you, right? And um, the other thing is this. So why is, why is fear, let me say this, and then I got to, probably shouldn't have started this episode because it's going to be real short because I got a client. But um, the reason that fear runs rampant, particularly in the life of the believer, is because we live in an age where Christians don't read the Bible. That's crazy. Now, it, it's crazy because it's crazy. It ain't crazy because I'm saying so, because there was a time I shamedly admit where I wasn't reading the Bible. I was just doing life. Now, I still was trying to be a Christian, a good one, but I wasn't really reading the Bible. But also, like I just said, I was engulfed in fear. Fear showed up in my life as people pleasing. 
right? So I did a lot of people please, a ton of people pleasing, and it shows up in a lot of other ways, but that's the major way. But but fascinates me now that Christians who are trying, and when I say Christians, here's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about folk who say they're Christian. I'm talking about people who are actually trying to live their life in a way that pleases God. They don't read the Bible. And so I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying that to encourage you to read the Bible. You got to you gotta know what God says about life. Like, how do you... You're going to run yourself crazy if you are not... If you're a believer and not reading the Bible, you're going to run yourself crazy. Because the thing is, how are you going to trust in a God that you don't know about? And you can't just live on the testimonies of other people like you got to know them for yourself and the word of god is alive it really is when you read it it encourages you it convicts you it guides you it comforts you you need to read the bible so anyway we're gonna call this a a, um a random thought thursday moment since this is a short video but i just wanted to really talk about those that whole Hosea thing just kind of, kind of like it took me out. Like I'm, I was really like, wow, Lord, this is so, it's crazy that you would love us that way. And I know he's talking about the children of Israel, but, but God's love is God's love. Like it's just crazy. It obviously, it, 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 you know, obviously explains why God has, it explains why I'm blessed in spite of how I've lived, it's all because of his grace and his love and nothing to do with me. But man, I just saw it differently when I read that. Anyway, listen, I hope you guys are having a great week. And uh, I will have something new for you pretty soon. Y'all take care.